Hi guys, my name is Jackie. And my name is Coral. And together, we are The View From Pod, a weekly podcast where we talk about the music that we are currently obsessed with and the stories and emotions that it brings out of us. Hey, Jackie. Hey, Coral. How are you? I'm doing good. How are you? I'm doing so good. First and foremost, before we get into this, I just want to say thank you to everyone who has listened to episodes, who have checked us out on Instagram or Twitter, who has sent us our recommendations, Mm -hmm. any suggestions. We are so over the moon. We see everything. We read everything. We... Honestly, we're so wrapping our head around this. Yes. And it's so exciting and it makes us so happy. Yeah, I mean, and it's great to know that there are more people than just our immediate family that listens to this. It's more than just our siblings or our parents and our two friends. (laughs) And our two and our two friends. But also like one of the reasons we even wanted to create this podcast is to like hear what y'all are listening to and then checking it out ourselves. Keep keep sending us your recs. Keep listening to our episodes. This is why we're doing it. We're trying to learn. We're trying to hear back. Mm -hmm. And we're just trying to connect with people at the end of the day. Yeah, because, I mean, this is an important time for us to connect. Absolutely. Because it's it's quite difficult. Yeah. And we're relying on technology. Right. Yeah. So just making the most out of it. Exactly. Yeah. So thank you, everybody. Yeah, genuinely thank you. And plus, y'all, we also want to do this... Um, podcast because again we talk about it a lot the shit show of a year we've had you know and it's a bit cathartic for us to just to talk about music like this especially this week because this is the first episode we're actually recording in real time in real time you guys and with the mic and with the mic y'all we upgraded we upgraded we're making moves slowly but surely slowly but surely and today is when uh, Biden, it's confirmed that he's a president-elect. I mean, no one told Trump that, apparently. Apparently, he still, someone gave him his phone back. He had taken a break from earlier. Um, he but did. They took him golfing. They took him to golf to get him away, but we're not going to focus our no, energy on him. We we're not. focusing on the fact that, you know, these past four years have been difficult for many groups, um, mm-hmm. ourselves included. But now we are looking forward. Jackie and I used the word hopeful earlier. We're yes. feeling hopeful for the first time in a long time. Mm-hmm. Um, but the real work starts now, y'all. You know what? I noticed that a lot of people were just saying that Trump was going to win. And after a while, I started to think it was mostly just so people are mentally preparing themselves. Mm. So there isn't that type of shock like there was in 2016. Even when he was looking good in the polls, people were still saying it. Um, and so I think this is kind of like a nice relief for people. But I mean, before this episode, we were looking at Kamala and Biden's speeches and something that they both highlighted is that they're not just going to govern for Democrats. They're governing for the American people. And I think that's such an important point to make. And I think that I mean, that was probably why Trump's campaign didn't go very well. Um, because I mean, it's you have to appeal to the the country as a whole, and so I'm very yeah, I am very hopeful. And usually, I'm not super hopeful by just old white guys as presidents, but I am. Yeah, I think we see the shift in tone 
we see the shift that is going to hopefully be coming up mm-hmm. and yeah we know that there's a long road ahead of us but like you said we now have heard from Biden mm-hmm. that he's going to be working for all of us not mm-hmm. just the people who voted for him mm-hmm. or you know what we've seen the past four years the type of rhetoric that we've been hearing yeah um so yeah we're just hoping that he follows through and mm-hmm. it's time to get the work done I mean, y'all we'll hold him accountable for sure and you remember know. he promised cardi he promised cardi a lot of things <laughs> and cardi has not forgotten <laughs> no and neither have i exactly um and i mean the election kind of spanned over four days. So, Coral, how did you... Did you have any self-care practices? How did you kind of cope? Or did you just go about your normal life? So, the first Tuesday night, I, mean, mm-hmm. I knew that we weren't going to have an answer. Mm-hmm. But I still couldn't help but leave my notifications on. Um, on Twitter, if anything else came up. Mm-hmm. So, that didn't, I didn't get any sleep Tuesday night. But honestly, it was a super busy week at work. Mm-hmm. Um, I did have a team dinner that we had for work. So, that was a nice little break on Wednesday night to kind of get out um, and see my teammates since this month mm-hmm. I'm working from home. So, it was in person? Dinner? It was in person. Oh, okay. But it was, it was really nice. It was just the four of us. Mm-hmm. And we were outside um, on a patio. Nice. And it was, you know, far away from anybody we were all wearing masks and had a little quick dinner um but yeah it was I mean this entire week there's been mm-hmm. one thing on our minds so it's kind of nice to take that breather to just know the results you know and yeah. not be holding your breath yeah I mean and I've mentioned before that I'm a news junkie I just couldn't do it this week though yeah you know and I, I mean even looking at just the news they're just really saying the same things over and over again so I actually got back to meditating. That's amazing. I know, usually I don't have the patience for that, but this week I'm like, okay, you need to sit down and like be centered. So that was really nice. And even like finding out the results this afternoon, I had just finished a meditation. My phone was on silent. And then I look at my phone and it's like, this is, this, this, this. and I'm like, oh, wow, I did that with my brain during the meditation, <laughs> you know, so it works, y'all. I love it. I love it. <laughs> Self-care, everybody. Yes. You gotta take care of yourself. Yeah, if we learned anything the past four years, take care of yourself, take care of others, and we move forward. We move forward. Mm-hmm. So guys, this is also a special episode. I know we say that each episode, but Every each episode, episode is, is special. special. Um, but with this particular one, it was a request from a fan. And so we are doing Black Pink today, the song ice cream featuring selena gomez um guys we hadn't listened to blackpink before right coral like they're they're a k-pop band and we'll kind of unpack that a little bit more because we also looked at their documentary on netflix light up the sky which we highly recommend it's amazing yeah i'm hooked so i guess what were your first impressions of them so shout out to taylor um but honestly i knew of k-pop of course Mm -hmm. i mean how can you not I knew of BTS, but that was about it. I didn't mm-hmm. really know Blackpink. Mm-hmm. But I was blown away by just the drive yeah. that these girls have. And frankly, any K-pop artist yeah. out there. Because it seems like they all have the same type of drive. Mm-hmm. But I highly recommend everyone to look into their documentary, Light Up the Sky, that's on Netflix. Because it just gives you a deeper look 
into even everything that happens behind the scenes before they even quote unquote debut. Yeah. Um, I was super impressed. I can see why they're successful and I can see why they're a phenomenon right now. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. I, I mean, I knew about K-pop. I, I know, I knew more about fans. I know that fans are super loyal and they must have, I mean, really good music. Right. You know? And so I think what's nice, though, is coming, like, listening to this and going into the documentary just with fresh eyes and ears. And remember, Coral, we had to have been six minutes in. And we were like, I'm already in love with them. You guys, we put, we when we played the documentary, we were literally pausing every yes. minute or so. Mm-hmm. Just saying, oh, my God, did you hear that? <laughs> or look at this fact. Or they sold this many. Or they streamed this mm-hmm. many. It was astonishing. It was kind of, I like that we went into this blind, really, with mm-hmm. no prior knowledge. Yeah. Because it's just, the impact was just crazy. Yeah. And you kind of see how the sausage is made. Yeah. <laughs> I loved it. I for loved lack it. of a better word. Yeah. Um, yeah. And so for this episode, we are going to, I mean, we're going to talk about ice cream. This is a very popular single, but we're going to kind of talk about that and also the documentary. A big theme of the documentary was personal story. And what was really interesting is, and we'll go into the video, looking at the video versus looking at the documentary, it's really night and day. Yes. You know, in in regards to kind of like, I guess, the persona of these women. Mm -hmm. The documentary gives great context to how a video and a song like that would be produced it's very high energy it's very colorful it's very happy you know and that's just how they are you know yes it's infectious it's infectious that's the word it's Mm -hmm. just they are high energy Mm -hmm. the girls look amazing because their image changes so much like they're dyeing their hair they are you know different hairstyles different styles but that's what keeps them fresh you know that's and that's what trendy kids do nowadays that's that's just what's happening right now mm-hmm. but i loved that i loved their dynamic as a whole group mm-hmm. i think that's one of my favorite things it's not you can tell that there's a genuine passion for their art but also they care about each other and they're invested in each other mm-hmm. and they each want the best thing for the group mm-hmm. and up until this point i think we've noticed that it's the same thing mm-hmm. and that's why it's working so their team you know even with their writer producer teddy i think he said that he's written and produced every single song of theirs mm-hmm. um and that's pretty special i don't think you see that too often in the music industry but that just speaks volumes to one his commitment mm-hmm. to the group as a whole mm-hmm. but also i mean he believes in this group yeah and that's why he's sticking around and that's that's why he's doing what he's doing with them yeah and kind of going into who these women are um and they really highlight the fact that there's not necessarily like a lead singer a star of the group yeah a star of the group they all kind of pull in their own weight so to start the main vocalist and lead dancer of the group is rose the lead vocalist and visual for the group is jisoo Jenny is the main rapper, and Lisa is the main dancer and lead rapper. So, I mean, if, if you notice, there's, like, lead someone, main someone. Um, and whenever you're listening to the music, you can, I mean, you can tell kind of when they're, they're switching off. And, of course, it depends on what the song is and their strengths. And probably why Teddy's such a great producer 
is he kind of knows how to play upon those strengths. And so, and I think something just with K-pop that we've been learning is that just like the structure of kind of creating a K-pop band is very methodical, you know, and it requires so much training. Um, but also it's because they know what result is going to be produced from it and it's going to be something of like high quality. Right. It's like they have this formula. They have yeah. this plan from the get-go and from watching the documentary, something that we learned is that these trainees, as they're called, they are training to become a K-pop star as early as age 11, I feel. And you guys, they are having vocal lessons, dance lessons, just anything in the arts. Mm-hmm. And it's like up to 14 hour days. And I think they go straight for 13 nights. And then on that last day of the two weeks, they that's their off day. Mm-hmm. So these children slash teens are training 13 days straight, but also they're very strict on what they're allowed to do. I think um, they mentioned they can't get tattoos, they can't drink, they can't smoke. Mm-hmm. Also, I've heard and read that their contracts are very long, like they're like four or five year contracts mm. that they sign. But something, like you said, there's a formula to it. It's worked. That's the way they continue to do it. And as you mentioned, Jackie, that each girl has their strength. Mm -hmm. I think that's something that the K-pop industry has kind of built in as well. Mm -hmm. Because the um, show was saying that it's kind of like an Avengers cast, right? Mm -hmm. Where there's a superhero that has their strength. And you can't have nine Tony Starks. Mm. You need a Captain America. You need a Spider-Man. You know? You need a Thor. And so that's how I see these girls. Like, each one of them is a quote-unquote superhero. Yeah. And But they each bring something to the table. Mm-hmm. And the thing is, you can see when they kind of switch, but they do it so flawlessly, and they're each as strong as each other, you know? Yes. And that's why it works. Yeah, definitely. And I think it eliminates competition when everyone knows what part they play in the group, in the story. You know what I mean? Because, I mean, you notice there aren't loads of girl bands, boy bands in the U.S. Mm -hmm. I mean, of course, a big thing in the early 2000s, but we always knew who that main person was. Right. And then they always went solo. Right. You know? JK, or AKA Justin Timberlake. Justin Timberlake, Beyonce. Beyonce. You know, and I mean... Harry Styles. <laughs> Harry Styles. Yeah. We talk about him all the time. I love you, Harry. I know. It's so funny. But I, I feel like since that element of competition is not there, I mean, in regards to like the trainees, because since it is such an intense process, and I believe they kind of, I don't want to necessarily say audition, but they do have to perform in front of execs. These execs. Pretty yeah, regularly. Right. And they can get cut, you know? Yeah. They're so, sent home. Like it's, it is a competition. Yeah, so it's a competition, but once that group is formed, um, at least looking at, I mean, this documentary and everything that we've kind of read, it seems like that's just eliminated, mm-hmm. you know? Again, since everyone kind of knows what their strengths are to the song. And what I really like, and you can tell listening to their music, is just how seamless their voices are. Also, even with, because they use multiple genres too. Um, and I, I know a question I had just really learning about all of this was, is there a specific K-pop sound, mm. you know? And what I liked about the documentary is that it was basically saying that music is music. Yes. 
Like, they're not, their goal wasn't necessarily to be a K-pop band. They happen to be musicians based in Korea. That are speaking mostly in Korean. Yeah. But that's not how they want to be defined. Exactly. Yeah. And to be honest, I feel like that's probably the case for a lot of K-pop bands. Um, I know someone mentioned in the documentary that, that <laughs> they said that foreigners have an unusually high interest in, in K-pop bands. And I just thought it was really interesting for them to mention that because they were like, yeah, I don't quite get it. Right. Probably because they know that they're just creating music. Mm-hmm. Like this isn't like kitschy or anything. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And something that a major theme that I saw um, just in K-pop and going into Blackpink as a whole is that they're really trying to break boundaries in music. Like you mentioned, they don't see themselves as a K-pop band. Mm -hmm. They happen to be in Korea. They happen to be speaking Korean for the most part, but they're really breaking these walls down that people have put them in. You know, whenever we were watching the documentary, it's like first girl K-pop band to perform at Coachella first girl K-pop band to chart at the, you know, Billboard 100 or whatever. But at the end of the day, the way I see it and the way that I see music in general is that we shouldn't be segregating these groups, these um, genres maybe even, because mm-hmm. at the end of the day, they're charting there being this huge cultural phenomena all around the world. And so why are it's in my eyes by calling them a K-pop band or putting them in that, you know, in that section we're just kind of taking away from their success in a way and we're kind of putting them in the box just, you know, like we've put so many things in the box in the past. Um, But why can't they just be this very successful group called Blackpink? Yeah. You know? And I think that's what they're trying to do and trying to break away. Um, But at the same time, they're very proud of where they came from. Yeah. Each girl has a very unique story that I was floored by. You know, Mm -hmm. I'm so impressed by them. But yeah, at the same time, these girls are just products of the new world i think Mm -hmm. you know and they're just being their genuine selves and that's what i'm seeing and not seeing them just as k-pop but yeah that's Mm -hmm. how i see it no i agree and i feel like whenever we try to like kind of project a certain almost like an identity on a musician i i worry that it kind of attaches stereotypes like again that's why i was so curious if there was like a particular k-pop sound Mm-hmm. you know and it seems like visually there's something that's pretty consistent mm-hmm. but in regards to the, the the sound of it it's not quite clear-cut and I think w- what I also like about Blackpink and again y'all will notice when you listen to their music they like literally in one song it'll be pop It'll be electronic, a bit EDM, and then a bit hip hop. Yeah. Shout out to Lisa. Her flow. She's so good. Is on she fire. kills it every time. Oh my gosh. She gives me major like MIA yes. vibes and a little bit of Rihanna. Like, especially in the ice cream video. I yeah. was like, this girl. Yeah. Yeah. Her flow is wild. Exactly. Um, and so and I think that that's really cool. And something we did forget to mention, whenever, like, they're going through, like, their training, they're also, like, if they're not from Korea, they take Korean classes. Right. You know? They have to take these language classes. Mm-hmm. Um, because, I mean, these girls have lived in Australia, mm-hmm. New Zealand, Thailand. Um, and so, yes, they are perfecting, you know, trying to perfect their Korean. 
-hmm. But at the same time, something that I was telling Jackie, I see a bit of myself in them, um, in particular Lisa, because she switches from speaking English to speaking Korean to speaking Thai. And I'm just Mm -hmm. like, girl, that's me at my house. I'm switching Mm -hmm. from English to Spanish. And I don't even realize it. I don't think they realize it themselves. Mm -hmm. But that's just, that's how they are. That's honestly, that's, I see more and more in that every day. Mm -hmm. Um, And so, yeah, they're genuine, you know, they're breaking down these barriers. Um, Something that Teddy mentioned was who's their producer and writer is that he said, and I quote, the more that there aren't any boundaries, I think that's when you can get creative. And that's so true. You can look, you can see it through their collaborations. Mm-hmm. You can see it through their songs. You know, they're, mis- they're mixing English and Korean. Sometimes it's 75% Korean. A hook or something yeah. is English. But in the case of ice cream, I think it's mostly in English yeah. with a few parts that are in Korean. Yeah. And I love that mix. And I think that's very special to their music. Yeah, and I was telling Coral that when you're listening to it, you kind of can't even tell mm-hmm. that it's switching languages until yeah. you hear this one thing like, wait, what'd she say? Yeah. But then she goes back into English, yeah. and you're like, oh, okay. And I also thought that that was really interesting. Again, everything is just so seamless. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if this has anything to do with the fact that, like, I mean, I think b- between all of them, they trained between four and six years like this was their life during their formative years and so I don't know if it's because they just haven't been (laughs) corrupted by the music industry yet I don't want to say yet but just in general hopefully never hopefully never like the way they portray themselves their mindset their music it just seems like and perhaps it sounds cheesy it just seems like at its like purest form the way it's supposed to be yeah before people start telling them to be a certain way, act a certain way in order to be successful. Right. You can tell that they're having fun with it. You can tell that this is their passion. Um, And they keep, they kept saying, this is what, this is how I feel like my most true self. Mm -hmm. You know, this is what I need. Yeah. My most authentic that she can't sleep. Sometimes she just goes to a studio and she stays up until, I don't know, five, six in the morning. Like that's when you know, that's your passion and that's when you see it be reflected on the work that you do, mm-hmm. where it's so fun, it's so infectious, it's so high energy, mm-hmm. and they seem like they're enjoying it. Yeah, and to be honest, I feel like that passion and that drive is required to even go through that training process, Yeah, since it's so hardcore. And again, they're like in their teens while they're doing it. You know, I know a couple, I think three of the four mentioned that they really didn't have time to build any memories like mm-hmm. in school I think Jisoo was the only one that was able to kind of build memories like in high school you yeah. know so I mean a lot of their childhoods were just non-existence because they just dedicated all their time to perfecting this craft you know and that's probably how they were able to pull through all of that stress because I feel like to a lot of them this was just like they couldn't think of doing anything else like this is just their purpose essentially right i think this also kind of goes into a major theme that i found was just the idea of making it like they all mentioned that they had made it Mm -hmm. you know and just kind of like and i i suppose that means they've reached what they felt success would look like for them and again they're so young like how do you even like comprehend what success would be like you know yeah like i mean we're youngish women 
<laughs> you know, so I guess like, I don't know, think of yourself in your early 20s. What would you think is success to you, Coral? I mean, I think as long as I was doing something, one, that makes me feel fulfilled mm-hmm. and that I'm as passionate as I was when I first started doing it, mm-hmm. I think that is the drive for most, at least for me, what I do um, in my day-to-day life, not just professionally, but you know, mm-hmm. how I live my life. Um, I think once I'm, when I'm content with mm-hmm. how I'm living my life, the morals that I have, mm-hmm. um, the work that I'm leaving behind, mm-hmm. and I always, I say this at work all the time, if I can put my name to it and I'm, you know, happy that someone can come up and look at it and be like, oh, Coral did this, that's when, and I'm like proud of it yeah that's when I'm like okay yes I'm doing the best I can I'm proud to have my name on it so that's what I would say success is to me you know and I love that because it it's not something specific like success to you isn't like I don't know getting a promotion right basically what you described I feel like you could it could be a parent at any age Mm -hmm. you know it's kind of like the foundation of whatever you do Um, And I think, one, I think that's just a mature mindset to have. And I think it's really similar to these women. Something that stood out to me, Rosé was saying um, that everything makes sense when she's doing this in regards to singing. Right. And I've noticed that with musicians, you kind of ask them, okay, like, why do you want to be a musician? Why are you doing this? And a lot of, at least what I've heard is that they almost feel like, a reaction like it's almost impulsively Mm -hmm. you know and even like just not being able to live without it and it again doesn't have to just be music it can really be anything and someone else even mentioned it at the end of the documentary that we all have dreams and a hunger to make it and she was saying it in reference to like her and her other bandmates you know that's probably why they mesh so well together and they they understand they have a similar plight Mm -hmm. you know and so it seems like their idea of success really probably was created at the same time, you know? Yeah. And even like, even their concept of success is already in the context of this band. And I just think that's so powerful to have that type of um, positive mindset, again, so young, you know? Yeah. Because, I mean, life is going to throw a whole bunch of shit at them just in general, and kind of having that foundation, I think, is just super important. And also, what I did notice about them, and we mentioned it in an earlier episode in regards to kind of people projecting onto women performers that they're role models, even when that's not what they asked to be, you know? Mm-hmm. What's interesting about Blackpink is that they seem to, like, really thrive off of it. Yes. You know? Yeah, and it's almost like they take on that role and they want they're eager to step into those shoes Mm -hmm. um they mentioned in their documentary that you know they know that the world is watching them at this point yeah they thrive off of that energy Mm -hmm. and they're trying to be their best self and the thing that i liked and you mentioned this earlier that they know in order to be 
a good role model, a good performer, a good artist. Mm -hmm. They take care of themselves Mm -hmm. and they indulge in that Mm self-care. And each one of them knows, you know, I need to be my best self Mm -hmm. for the group to be the best it can be. Exactly. And it goes back to, I mean, we've learned this in our life that you're only as strong as your weakest member. Mm -hmm. But at this point, something very special to them is in, I mean, the way I see it and the way I've seen and the short time that I've been a blink is <laughs> yes we're blinks guys we're blinks now. and blinks are fans of Blackpink if you guys didn't get that um but yeah that's why they're so successful and that's why it works and that's why they're just this group that I can get behind and so many people are supporting so many people are supporting and there was even like a, a scene just with a whole bunch of different fans and I'm pretty sure just whoever did the documentary made a point to show lots of different types of people lots of different colors and, mm-hmm. and all this stuff and why they liked him um, why they liked Blackpink it's very apparent that they like each other mm-hmm. <laughs> they get along they actually get along and just the dynamic of it um, is genuine yeah you know and again like we mentioned at the top of the show just their focus on the personal story and one of the fans mentioned just the idea of being able to go basically on the journey with the band right you know, especially when they're starting out we talked about this too coral how like we're seeing this band like they're very young mm-hmm. like just in their careers and they're at like the stage, super vulnerable. They're super honest. Again, not corrupted by the music business or the world yet. But they're playing stadiums and world tours in Coachella. You know, like usually you don't see folks get those types of gigs so early on their like in their career. Yeah, that's probably why they're embracing being role models, because I can imagine like they would have wanted someone kind of like them when they were growing up. That's exactly what I was going to say. You know? Yeah. They've been through a process that's hard, that's rigorous. Mm-hmm. And now they want to be that, but not just for the music industry. Mm-hmm. They want to be that for just any young girl growing up around the world. Yeah. And just sh- setting that example of yeah. what an independent, hardworking woman mm-hmm. is. They happen to be in the music industry, but it can be in whatever field. That's how I see it. And that's why I love them. No, and I love it. And also, again, since they worked so fucking hard to get here, now that they've gotten there, mm-hmm. they want to have some fun. Yeah, as they should. You're, you know, like, and again, when you're looking at a video like Ice Cream, you're like, live your best fucking life, man. Like, it looks like so much fun. It looks so much fun, and just the vibes, the mm-hmm. outfits... Yes. The fierceness from each one of them. Mm-hmm. Um, that's what I really liked. So we looked deep into Ice Cream and the music video. <laughs> and featuring Selena Gomez, as we said. Yeah. Um, but something that surprised me is that this is actually... It's off of their album called, literally, The Album, in all caps. <laughs> and it was released on October 2nd of 2020, so just a few like a few weeks ago. Um, but what I liked, and I thought was very clever, is something that I'm going to mention. Their team and their production as a whole, they know what they're doing. 
because something, and we're seeing more and more of it now, the blueprint that Blackpink and their team follow is that they are engaging with their fans from all these different attack points. Mm-hmm. And I mean, I'm telling you, Jackie, I got sucked into their YouTube channel <laughs> for a good hour and a half mm-hmm. because they do these little vlogs that are like literally two minutes long, but it's like like a little summary of what they did. And it's so interesting and fascinating. And it's something we have to give props to the Kardashians because mm. they do this too. Yeah. They're active on Instagram. They're active on their YouTube. They have a reality show, but they also have their products, right? We're talking KKW Beauty. We're talking Kylie Skin Cosmetics. All these different things that their fans feel like they're accessible and feel like they're friends and are one mm-hmm. click away from being able to of. interact. Right. Mm-hmm. And that's what they do. And it's working because when they were trying to tease a collaboration, um, Ice Cream is their second single off their debut album. And they were teasing, you know, a collab with an American artist. And so at first, I love that, you know, the Blinks were on Twitter and they basically started this kind of like campaign, I think, mm-hmm. trying to involve Ariana Grande. And they were like, oh, it's Ari, it's Ari, you know, mm-hmm. and tweeting, making hashtags, blowing it up. And the end, it wasn't Ariana Grande. It was Selena Gomez mm-hmm. that they collabed with. But turns out Ariana Grande was actually one of the writers for the song. Mm-hmm. So I'm like the power that the fandom has right yeah to perhaps like ariana probably saw it and she's like wait what are they doing what are they talking about let me get in on this you know yeah and that's fascinating to me because that's happening i feel more often now than perhaps three years ago and i think it's because like these artists are investing into their fans and i mean the fans feel like they're part of the story right you know, and I feel like that's it's it's strategic, mm-hmm. but also just like I think good practice. Yeah, it's smart, right? Yeah, it, it's just good practice because I mean, to be honest, these musicians wouldn't be where they're at without the fans, right? You know, and so. I think more and more of them are realizing that. Yeah, and see the importance of numbers, and not taking uh, them for granted. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it helps their image. It helps their you know their brand. Mm-hmm. It helps their fandom. Um, but yeah, I'm fully invested in their social media presence now um, <laughs> because it's huge, but it's what's working. No, it, it is. And what I also like, of course, like the video is fun, but the lyrics are fun too. And, you know, trustyolgenius.com, the, I, I think she may be the main songwriter of the lyrics. Her name is Becca Boom. And it was really interesting. She was talking about how she loves writing fun lyrics and how a lot of her influences are like 90s rappers mm-hmm. or even early 2000s like Missy Elliott, Ludacris, Busta Rhymes which I thought was so random but it makes sense and the reason she was into them is because they kind of built in comedy into their raps yeah you know just naturally to make it lighthearted. Um, and so that's what she did in regards to like writing the lyrics for the songs and also in regards to like with the melody showing off different strengths of the singers so mm-hmm. i believe rose does the hook of it and so whenever she was writing the lyrics and the melody for it she made sure that it went basically to a higher register 
to show off her skills mm. and you know and whenever lisa was doing the rap like she had one line talking about mona lisa yes just being able I to you know like being able to relate it to the artist right and i think that speaks to just how this is definitely a collaborative effort right you know not one like no one person is taking credit for all of it everyone's just kind of pitching it and i think that type of that community and that mindset, it's just going to take them so far. It's going to take them so far. Yeah. And I can't wait to see it. I'm here for it. I'm so here for it. Moving on to the songs that we suggest, um, we're going to go back and recommend only Blackpink songs mm-hmm. because, of course, that's what we're going to do today. <laughs> but they're so impressive, all of them, honestly. But the one that I'm going to highlight is Whistle, which was their debut song. And I think, Jackie, you were saying that they, at first, were hesitant to release it as their um, yes. debut. Yeah, I know the producer it was worried that, it, basically, that it wasn't popping enough, that mm. it wasn't as high energy. But I loved it. I loved it, too. It was it was more of a hip-hop thing. Yeah, and you know? I think that, that, you know, shows that they can do various styles mm-hmm. of music, and that's what I liked about it. It's good music, it's good music. Exactly, yeah, you can't be like, oh, just because it's this, you know, it's gonna hit. Um, yeah. They made it work, and this song actually reached number one in 14 days. Yeah. I mean, for it to be, again, if we're saying K-pop, you know, mm-hmm. that's pretty huge yeah. in the music industry. No, yeah, especially, and I think, I think, I think their album, the album in all caps, Mm -hmm. I know that dropped early October, but they had another album in like 2018 Mm -hmm. that I believe was released overseas. And that's where Whistle was on. Mm. Yeah. And so, I mean, they've been around a minute. And the song that I um, really liked is called (laughs) Doo Doo. Doo Doo. And it's because like the chorus goes, Doo 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 Doo. It is great. It's and so good. And just the way it's spelled just makes me laugh. Because, I mean, that's what it sounds like. Yeah. Um, it's onomatopoeia. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I think. But it's just a jam. And like I mentioned, it's on the same album. And you know what? When I first heard it in the documentary, but then I went to listen to the album version, mm-hmm. which was still good, but some songs are just meant to be live it wasn't the live version no when you when you listen to the live version of it i mean and they have like live albums and if you look on like coachella and youtube ah it is just so good it seems like so much fun again they mix like pop and hip-hop and like electronic music but it doesn't sound forced because you know like some artists like let's say if the genre of i don't know of the season is hip hop, mm-hmm. you'll have like random ass people putting like trap beats, <laughs> and it's like, no, that no, that yeah. <laughs> just doesn't work. Yeah. Um, but the, the way that they're doing it, it doesn't sound like they're trying to like copy shit. Right. You know, they're not just trying to produce something that um, they expect other people mm-hmm. to like. And I mean, if they are, they fooled me. They fooled us. <laughs> We're a sucker for Blackpink. We are. Because I'm seeing their genuine selves having fun with it and releasing what they want. What they want. Not exactly, perhaps, 
I think Teddy mentioned it, mm-hmm. what the audience is needing. Like, they just want hit after hit after hit. Yeah. But Teddy was very clear that they want to release things that are personal to them, that mm-hmm. they stand by 100%. And, I mean, that is pretty... Um, I mean, I was floored. I was like, okay, if you know you can release hit after hit after hit, mm-hmm. make all this money, but you're choosing to be selective about what you're releasing, mm-hmm. that also speaks volumes to me. It does. and Because it's not just a money machine for them. And you have faith in your own talent, mm-hmm. which is, I mean, super important. Right. So, Coral, what is your final verdict on um, Blackpink? I'm a blink for life officially i'm a blink for life officially (laughs) we go hard y'all we go hard (laughs) once we stand something we stand for life Mm -hmm. it feels like um but no i hope to one day be lucky enough to be able to see them perform live yeah i think that would be an experience on its own i am here for the feminine energy the feminine leaders that they're slowly um starting to be well, not slowly. They're, they were pushed into this, I feel, once they mm-hmm. hit the ground running and they haven't stopped. Um, so I'm here for that. I'm here for what they're trying to become, trying to break down these barriers, break down these walls. Mm-hmm. And I mean, these girls are going to go far mm-hmm. and for a long time, I feel. So I'm happy to be on this journey with them. Yeah. Oh, that's so sweet. What I, about you? I, you know what, guys? I was skeptical because I'm a bit of a music snob, and I like what I like. (laughs) But you know what I think helped? Because I'll be honest, if I had just listened to their music, I think I would have acknowledged, like, yeah, this this is a good song, this is a bop, but I probably would have moved on. Right. But seeing the documentary first, and just understanding what all went into this, Right. It just makes you appreciate it a lot more. You know, and that's the thing, like, you see all these performers and they have, like, these spectacular shows. I mean, look at Beyonce. Like, it didn't happen in a vacuum. Mm -hmm. Like, these people work their asses off, you know? And so I feel like when you recognize that, it kind of even makes whatever they produce in that music that much sweeter. And I'm just, it's great to see new artists like that. Because we mentioned before, there's some fucking shit out on the radio, y'all. And again, I'm a music snob, so I'm going to say it. (laughs) There's some garbage on the radio, (laughs) you know? And in genres that I listen to all the time. Yeah. So, here for Blackpink. Here for Blackpink. We see their hard work, their dedication, and their sacrifice. Something we didn't talk about much, Mm -mm. but they've sacrificed so much, all Mm -hmm. of these girls. Um, So, hard work pays off, you guys. It really does. Coral, so, like, what's what's another way to say that? Um, you know, in choral terms, you gotta risk it to get the biscuit. <laughs> Thank you for listening to The View From Pod. Make sure you follow us on Instagram and Twitter at The View From Pod, where we will share our choice of song for the next episode. If you like this episode, please leave us a five-star review so we know the biscuit was worth the risk. And not four out of five stars, please.